Hey, hello and welcome to another episode of the Southside Track Podcast, a podcast to help you stay on side with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl, Sandra. Ready to uh, jump in and get some Red Stars content out for everybody. A uh, lot of stuff to go through because we have uh, some planned Days of Red Stars past segment for you all. We're going to be rolling out some content for you guys uh, weekly. Uh, semi-weekly. Uh, we will keep you posted on how we're going to be doing these things. We're going to be taking a number of Chicago Red, uh, Red Star games from the past, sort of combining them into a theme and putting them out there uh, for you guys so you can watch along with us and or just listen to us here on the podcast. So we're going to do our first segment here and uh, also go over some recent updates within the league and on the Red Star side of things. So a lot of little things to chat about here and I couldn't do it alone because no one can ever do anything alone. So I'm here today with my friend, homie, and colleague, Claire Walken, a.k.a. Scam Originator. How you doing today, Claire? Oh, I'm hanging in there. Everybody is hanging in there, man. You know We're what? We're trying our best. You know what? I'm healthy, and I feel very blessed for that to be true. So I'm doing good. That's so real right now, more than ever. Uh, you know, last episode that we had, we had to... Uh, talk a little bit about what's going on in the world right now, which everybody is uh, aware of with uh, COVID-19 and all of the precautions that we all have to, you know, start taking in this sort of a new world that we're all living in. Uh, And that includes this uh, beloved league and this beloved team that we uh, chat with you all about. So um, since the escalation of the COVID-19 virus sort of, you know, making its way across the uh, news and uh, around the globe, uh, a lot of sports leagues uh, went ahead and started making some arrangements and that included NWSL. Um, from the last episode, um, certain sh- uh, preseason training things were canceled and that did include the uh, spring invitational um, between uh, hosted by the Thorns and featuring the U23 Chicago Red Stars and uh, the newly branded OL Reign. Uh, so that was uh, officially canceled. And then recently the league, uh, gave another update saying that essentially um, all preseason activities were to be suspended in terms of, uh, you know, games and, and scrimmages and stuff like that, that um, all the teams uh, had scheduled to take place. And as of now, there is no update on a regular season postponement. Um, but as so many things related to COVID-19, all that stuff is uh, being monitored. So um We'll see if there's an, a new update to, to be had next time we roll out uh, an episode for you guys. But as of right now, that's where uh, that, that, that's the boat that we're all uh, sitting in right now. So there's a, there's a lot of vibes. There's a lot of vibes going on. I know there's a lot of people out there that are feeling, you know, obviously maybe, maybe scared, maybe really anxious, um, maybe just sort of feeling some type of way about everything that's going on. And I know I'm, I'm part of the, the, the crew that's like just sort of trying to reach out and, um, you know, trying, trying their best, really, you know, to sort of cope with all this. And um, for some of us out there, that, you know, means, you know, trying to find ways to take care of, uh, take care of yourself and uh, your self-care, right? And uh, we wanted to be able to do something fun while everyone has, uh, you know, found themselves sort of getting uh, adjusted to this. And that also includes the Red Stars. Um, they're rolling, they rolled out with some, uh, some really cool content. Um, they came out with a really cool release. Um, emphasizing the importance of togetherness and trying to be there for each other. And they rolled out uh, what's been going, it's going by my kind of content. 
Um, you can find all kinds of cool stuff on their Twitter, on their Facebook, and um, a lot of fun stuff like the coloring pages. Um, I'm getting really into art now. Uh, we're re into art, and then uh, there's doing story times like coaches corners and stuff like that. And most recently. They also did a Twitch. They were like, hey, let's yeah. play around with this Twitch a little bit. And that was very cool. And they, they, uh, I, I don't know if they took a page out of our book or not, but they, they decided to do a little bit of a rewatch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a little bit of a rewatch themselves. And uh, they, they, they chose a huge game. They chose the semifinal. So it was cool. It just took place like the other day. And um, Claire, I know you and I kind of like uh, slipped into that chat there on Twitch uh, on the Southside Trap. Yeah, it was uh, fun. And it was fun. And I really loved that um, two players took part in it amongst all the other uh, coaches and dads. Um, uh, you had Ar- uh, Arnon Whistler, the owner, uh, Rory Dames, uh, new assistant coach, uh, Scott Parkinson, and old assistant coach, Craig Harrington, all, all on the, uh, the stream, along with um, Morgan Bryant and Dally Colifigo. And it was so cool to just uh, sort of hear their feedback and sort of their experiences uh, on that game. Um, you brought up a really good point and something that uh, Danny Colaprico had mentioned in the chat about the chant that took place yeah. towards the end of that match. Yeah, I thought. I mean, I thought the whole thing was cool. Um, in that, like, they they also had Maggie from Local One Three Four on, and they uh, were just talking about you know the narrative of that match. A lot of the time is is definitely about how, and and Colaprico and Brian have been two of the most vocal voices on this where it's just that uh the chicago was defending for much of the match they defended a a a lead for what like 82 minutes or something um and how yeah how the 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 crowd really helped um them do that and 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 yeah i think you know there were a couple kind of really great moments from from the live stream uh one was when when danny said that uh she said that she actually, during the game, you know, turned to a teammate and said, like, do you hear that? Um, when it came to the Chicago Let's Go chant that happened at the end of the match, which was kind of funny because she was, she was uh, reluctant to admit that she lost her focus there for a second. But um, and, and then and then, yeah, Morgan Bryan, my favorite thing. I mean, Morgan Bryan said a lot of really interesting things, but I also they, they were uh, ragging on Rory because Rory famously brought Katie Naughton in as the 10 at the end of the match. And he, he said she wasn't really a 10. She was more of a six in front of the other sixes, um, yeah. which uh, is not a thing, but uh, I guess was in that moment. <laughs> it was um, on that day. <laughs> yeah. And Morgan Bryan really enjoyed that. And, and actually, you know, Morgan Bryan also said some really lovely stuff about going to Yuki's concert and the idea of community, which I think yeah. I would think, you know, that's true for all of us. You feel, you know, you feel the, the need for community now probably more than ever. And I would think that that would also be true for these players who right now are not allowed to do their job. And so, you know, I think all of it's, yeah, it's very cool. And it's kind of a new thing. I also thought it was very fun that uh, Craig <laughs> Harrington did it. Um, despite the yeah. fact that he is now the head coach of a different team. <laughs> I love that he did that. Uh, it was very yeah, sweet. Was so cool. I think it was, yeah, it was all good vibes. I mean, I think it's hard to do this kind of stuff, even the stuff that we're doing without getting a little bit sad because obviously we wouldn't be doing this if things were normal and things were good. But I do think that giving this community more opportunities to convene 
um, even if it is online, I think is really important. And you can probably guess the business reasons why that's good for the Chicago Red Stars, but it's also, you know, the community is real. And, and I think that that sort of event that they did on, on Sunday was really nice. It was nice to feel, um, it was nice to be so connected in a time in which we're being told to distance ourselves. Right. Right. So, uh, shout out to everybody who participated. Um, that was, uh, really nice to see. And it's so, it's so cool to sort of see some of the cool stuff that, um, a number of teams have been, uh, rolling out, uh, for their, for their fans, not just, uh, the Red Stars, but you know, we're, we're uh, all in the sort of in the same uh, playing field right now. Right. And that includes this podcast as well. We wanted to make sure that we also had some content um, for you guys. So Claire has done a phenomenal job of launching us a website uh, to go along, to go along and help support and help supplement, right. Our Patreon. You want to talk a little bit about uh, us having a website and why that's important for us? Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, uh, I, I made one. I did that uh, with, I don't know, I think it was last last weekend or something. Um, and I, I'd been wanting to do that for a while because I do think that, I do think that have, well, first little, I have so many things to say about it. Um, I do think that um, I love putting our work on Patreon and for our Patreon users, but I think that Patreon's actual interface is not necessarily the easiest to maneuver or like the most aesthetically pleasing. So um, I wanted to give our patrons the option to have their own page on this website where they could look at things in a little bit more of a linear way. Um, And then I also just, you know, for us, um, as we are, you know, establishing ourselves as an outlet for Chicago Red Stars content, Um, it's good to have things be a little bit less decentralized because obviously a podcast is on a bunch of different streaming services and there's no, you know, localized place for that. And the Patreon is its own thing. And so you end up having a bunch of different, you end up being hosted on a bunch of other people's websites, which is great and fine. And it's wonderful to use that, but I wanted us to have our own thing that was like by us. Um, so yeah, so I, I made a little, I made a little website. There's some public work on there. There's some patron-only work on there. Uh, there's some artwork on there that is really nice. Um, and then just like I links like for color. everything. It has all our social media links and stuff too. And so it's just good to basically be like, here's the place. If you're like, what's going on with Southside Trap? That's where you can go and see what's going on. Um, and some of that's public and some of that's patron exclusive. Yeah. So we're excited about it. Uh, lots of cool little stuff on there. I, I do like to color those coloring pages. <laughs> that the Red Stars are putting out now. You can find those on there. You can find a couple pieces of uh, the written work that we've already written for you guys. Um, so yeah, we're really excited about it. We're really excited to fill those pages up. And uh, we're excited to get into, just really just step off and <laughs> jump into the past, really with this uh, segment of content that we're about to roll out for you guys. This Days of Red Stars past rewatch mm-hmm. that we're doing for you all. And we're doing it sort of by theme, which I love. Um, shout out to my friend, homie, Kelly Claire, because I literally hit her up with like a bunch of games <laughs> in the middle of the yeah. night. I was, yeah. I couldn't sleep, uh, you know, just with everything going on. It's hard to sleep guys. And I just went through like all of these games and I was like, here's some games that maybe we should watch. And it was literally by year. It was like in chronological order. And, uh, Claire, like so many, uh, 
so many ways in the past. Like whenever I have an idea, she makes it better and helps me iron those things out. And so we're doing them by theme. Yeah. Um, so what we're doing right now in this episode, we're jumping into these very, very early games. We're talking a couple games in 2013, including uh, the very first match in 2014. And I'm excited to jump into these um, because it's so important to sort of, it's so important to connect with uh, where we've come from in order yeah. to like be able to know where we're going. And right. so much of, so much of these, older games uh god it almost sort even though they're like on youtube right they're available to watch but it feels like so much of the stuff around it has kind of been lost whether they're like sets or even just something like a lineup for that day right like you really had to do some digging if you wanted to get into more specifics on these games and to be quite honest um even some of the data that is available out there for some of these games aren't exactly accurate right. if you're matching it up with what happens on that particular match day you um, know so yeah i'm excited to get into these please yeah go ahead, go ahead. Oh, i was just gonna say like it, it's definitely like i the thing about these games is is the 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 you know the age-long question would be why would you watch these when you can just watch what's happening now which I get, like I would much, obviously I, I would much rather be watching games that are happening right now than, than go back and kind of sift through these. But um, this is a good opportunity. And I think I, I said something along these lines a couple, like a week ago or something, which is that, yes, we're doing this because we have no new things to talk about, but you know, we weren't here in 2013 and, and we didn't have the platform that we have. And there was just less media in general. I'm going to be honest, guys, like Equalizer Soccer was it. And so anytime you go back and try to figure out like what happened in some game and you Google it, it's Equalizer that comes up because they were the ones talking about it at the time. Um, you go on Wikipedia and all of the references are like Equalizer, 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 because they were the only yeah, people documenting so this. And, and yep. I think that even upon watching these games, I was a little bit afraid that, that watching these games was going to make me sad, but it actually didn't at all because some crazy shit goes down and you're just like, whoa if that was if, allowed yeah and like and also like damn like if we had been doing this at that time we would have been screaming about this game oh, so man. it's like it's it's that and so it's fun to go back and do that but i'm also just like happy that you know this moment in time is gonna pass and and there and more soccer is gonna happen but then once that's over we're gonna have these episodes of us talking about this stuff and i think that that's really great this is like a primer for everything um, and yeah. for me too, because I didn't start watching the league until 2015. So anything pre 2015, I don't have a lot of experience with. So I'm learning along with everybody else too. So that's also very fun. Yeah, I think this is going to be. Uh, <laughs> we had mentioned that like a lot of this is maybe going to just be like us reacting to our notes yeah, of watching game the notes. game. <laughs> we did some hardcore game notes for you yeah. guys. So uh -huh. we might just end up just reading the swoop, yeah. like switching it's those because off. we're journalists. Um, so we took, and we're notes. taking like some serious game notes here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going to jump into this, but before we do just to sort of set the, the scene in the table and just to sort of pay homage and respect to women's uh, pro soccer yeah. in the United States. Um, it's gone through some things, guys. You know, yeah. I think that's part of why we're maybe feeling some type of way right now about NWSL, like 
still having to wait for that. You know what I mean? Because we, we were supposed to be like in it. We were all supposed to be in it like right now and we're not. Right. And we're like having to like wait. And like, it's been through some things and this is going to be part of that story. Mm-hmm. Like that's what we're all going through right now is going to be part of NWL story. And um, NWL still, NWSL got here because of so many stories that took place before it. Um, that's right. Women's professional soccer um, tried to happen in the United States two different times before the NWSL actually got on its feet and got going. And it got launched in 2013 after the folding of the WPS, the Women's Professional Soccer League. And um, getting NWSL back up and running was, was not easy, especially considering, for those who don't know, considering in the way, um, in the way and manner in which the WPS ended up having to fold. Um, a number of teams made their exit, um, maybe semi-early, but and then it finally officially announced its folding um, prior to that, like what would have been, I believe it's, it's 2012. Yeah. Uh, and, and the, and like the Chicago, players. the Chicago specific moment there too, is that Chicago Red Stars did compete in WPS, but, and he can yell at me if I'm wrong about this, but I believe Arnhem <laughs> pulled the team to save it in a way. I yeah. Think, like there yeah. was going to be, uh, there was going to be, I think the concept there is that there's, there's going to be like a high level professional level of right. women's pro soccer in Chicago right. in some capacity. Um, so maybe that was a bit of, you know, back of the brain genius on some, right. on somebody's right. part, like, like Arnold Whistler. It was a long, making, it was a long, making sure that, yeah, yeah, it was exactly. a long-term project. It was a vision. It was yep. a vision for sure. Um, and making sure that, you know, that that team was intact, right. That the brand right. was still, Ever, like relevant and present um and then kinda that like happened right now, in 2011 huh? kind of like right now yeah and uh that was in 2011 and then w wps ended up making um that official move to to, to go ahead and fold so it was a it was a sad sad vibe for a, a little while there yeah um, if, for women women's pro soccer in, yeah in America. if if you're unfamiliar with that period of time it's the reason we're bringing all this up is because we're about to talk about chicago's first nwsl game and one of the things that was happening during this, which this would have been April of 2013, is that you had a number of U.S. women's national team players who were um, fulfilling contracts overseas. Because, like, kind of, basically what happened was um, 2011, uh, WPS, you know, some teams fold, some teams pull out. 2012, the, WC- the WPS folds. Um, but the U.S. Women's National Team also has this crazy run to the Olympic gold medal. And then basically yep. by the time they finished that tournament, women's soccer in America was dead. And so then some of those players, most specifically for this particular game, Megan Rapino, went and played for Paris Saint-Germain um, to, as like a stop gap. And so what we, looked, what we saw at the beginning of 2013 was a new league – but then some of those stars who were trying to get, you know, just playing time, just competitive time, were still kind of elsewhere. And they had made commitments to teams in the NWSL, but they hadn't yet physically come back into Correct. market. Correct. And this will be a relevant point when we get to the last game. Right. In, yeah. this, uh, in this little series of games. That's true. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've got another final good piece of content to yeah. help us separate into these games. And I'm going right. to uh, take care of that for you guys. Sure. So in the context of this, the thing that I wanted to do, cause I haven't, I don't think ugh, I'm going to be honest. I don't listen to a ton of soccer podcasts cause I like make one, but um, I, I wanted to read 
the letter, the email that Becky Sauerbrunn wrote to her U.S. Women's National Team teammates, it looks like in response to concerns about the NWSL. Um, and this came out in some of the depositions of the U.S. Women's National Team lawsuit. Um, but this isn't even really about that. I'm not sure exactly what this serves, and, and I'm not worried about that. But I want, if, if our words about the NWSL um, aren't enough, I want to read Becky Sauerbrunn's thoughts because it's a really wonderful email. So I'm going to read that. So the subject line is thoughts on a league. And she says, hey, all. This issue concerning this league's quality is something I feel needs to be put into perspective. As one of the few players who has played overseas in the last four years, I know what it's like to play in one of Europe's top leagues. There are players who don't get paid at all, who are working their way through school or have a full-time job. My team had national team players who only got a small stipend from the club and next to nothing from their federation and a coach that didn't get paid. Despite this, we won the league and finished in the top eight in Champions League. More importantly, these circumstances weren't unique to just my team. Other teams in Europe dealt with the same things. And yet, these countries' national teams are getting better. In my opinion, that's because players are playing regularly and young-slash-potential national teamers are given a platform on which they can compete. Don't get me wrong, some teams have ideal situations, but that doesn't extend to the entire league. If you think that there are not enough quality players in the U.S. to make this league, the NWSL, worthwhile, please consider that a team in the Frauen Bundesliga lost 10 to nothing yesterday. And on any given week, there could be a similar scoreline. I honestly believe that from the best team to the worst team, from the best player to the worst player, the gap in this prospective U.S. league will be smaller than the gap in most European leagues. Why? Because assuming that three national team players play on each team, a 10 to nothing loss would be near impossible. Add Canadians, Mexicans and other top players, college seniors, national pool abroad, and the strength of each team increases. The U.S. Women's National Team training environment is second to none. Training day in and day out with the best players in the U.S. has made me, Becky Sarban, a better player. But as a reserve, someone who does not consistently get a lot of minutes, there's only so much room for me to grow with training alone. I think we'd all admit that there's something to be said for playing in competitive games. For those playing significant minutes, this argument doesn't concern you as much. But what about after you retire and someone is expected to fill the position you vacated? If you don't feel that we're getting paid enough, or if you simply don't want to participate in the league or are considering playing overseas, I can understand your position. There's a lot of uncertainty concerning this league, specifically for those players who are or are interested in going overseas. I recognize that you don't want to pass up the opportunity. But for those of you who want to stay home, all I'm asking is that if quality is your main concern or one of your concerns, please give it a second thought. What have we got to lose by giving this league a chance? It's an off year. More players get playing experience. You'll make more money than just a normal U.S. salary, and the U.S. team will still meet for games and training camps. If you're holding out until we get perfect league conditions, we'll be waiting a long time. They don't exist anywhere else for women. We have to start somewhere. All right. Love you guys. Becky. Man, somebody play fight song. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) And with that, and with that, folks, we have a dawn of a new era. We are going to be getting into 
the very first Chicago Red Stars game, which took place on April 4th, or on April 14th in 2013 mm-hmm. uh, against Seattle Reign FC. Rip peace to that branding. Um, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> rip peace to that branding, uh, Seattle Reign FC. Yeah. Uh, this was a 1-1 draw which I thought was incredibly symbolic. Uh, it made perfect sense that the Chicago Red Stars' very first NWSL game uh, ended in a draw. Uh, it took place in Benedictine University Sports Complex. Shout out to Lyle, Illinois. And the attendance was a very humble and passionate uh, 12, uh, 1255, 1,255. So, uh, yeah, man, uh, initial thoughts. I think, Claire, you and I had the same uh thoughts opening up on this game i my eyes man i was like the camera work i yeah, it was I tough thought i was waiting i was i waited for yeah. a second yeah you know i was I mean? like, like i was I like who shot this my dad <laughs> yeah i was like oh no that's not her she's the yeah. one on the right dad right. yeah like it absolutely was that i i just uh, yeah i thought i was like okay zooming out it actually got worse once it zoomed out and then it got kind of better and then it it was was like not really this is this is what it is guys like this is this was 2013 right this is what it had had to be yeah um but uh, along with the camera work uh we also want i think you and i also want to know uh that there were also some huge growing pains in terms of like the broadcasting teams um yeah well i will say that it started out there were i thought some of the localisms were cute some of them like i do think that it was very like (laughs) cute to have uh like the opening broadcast be like benedicting softball was victorious over rockford this week like i was like that's nice actually i kind of like just yeah just filling everyone in on on the local stuff and you know if you don't have some of like again because some of that data is hard but shout out to eqz um, you know, having things like like lineups or like there wasn't even like a lineup graphic. You yeah, know what I mean? That's interesting <laughs> too because you go back and Google has filled in lineups for 2014, but 2013 is just it's like, like non-existent. Nothing. It just doesn't exist. Yep. Like yep. nobody cared enough to right. like, or there weren't enough people to care enough, right? right. To, to document all of uh, that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, like watching it, you're like, okay, any minute now, like the graphic lineup, oh, no, like it's just kicking off. They're just kicking off the yeah, ball going. Right. Like all of a sudden they're just like, they're just, they're playing a game. Here we go. You know, so there was no like line of graphics or anything like that or any sort of, you know, quick, you know, three to five minute discussion of what we could see from either side of the, of the, of the teams today. Um, and it was weird for a second because again, the visual was like very hard to, to see. So if you were just going based off the game and trying to figure out a, a formation, you know, be a lineup, you really might kind of be stuck. So, uh, obviously digging and shout out to EQZ because they're, they're the ones that had it up. Cause when you try to try to even find it, like on the NWSL soccer site, not there guys, not there. like yep. that's not even there. And that's the end of, that's the league site. Yep. You know what I mean? So it's like, ouch. So for these lineups for, for the red stars, they lined up as well. They had, um, Aaron McLeod and net as a goalkeeper. Uh, Rachel Kwan, uh, Michelle Winino, Tara Hemmings, uh, Lydia Vandenberg, uh, Lori Kolupny, Leslie Osborne, Zakia Bywaters, Alyssa Motz, uh, Ella Masser, Lauren, and uh, Lauren Folks uh, rounding out their uh, starting 11. And um, it was dope to sort of like see those names. I- I'm not going to lie. Uh, seeing those names brought back like a lot of feelings. I was like, man, I was like, these, 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 
bitches right here were the ones that set it off. Like I was like, yes, like yeah, uh, let's get it. It was so it, it was just so like I mean, and just to see even just like Alyssa Mott's there, it's just kind of like isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's so crazy to yeah. just think about and like and and see that there, you know. Um, for for Seattle, uh, they had Michelle Bethos and uh, Jenny Ruiz, Emily Zur, Katie uh, Danes, Lauren Barnes, Jessica Fishlock, and then Kyle Keenan Winters, Kirsten Dahlstream, uh, Christine Naren, and Liz Bogus running out uh, their starting eleven. And um, yeah, it, it was uh, Kaylin Kyle. <laughs> you're taking the words right away. I'm like, I just we're not going to talk about anyone else for a little while. Except I know. Kaylin Kyle, like. Uh, I don't even yeah no so the funny you, thing the oh funny thing God. too is that um so portland just did a rebroadcast of their first home game which was the week after which was also against seattle and everyone watching that was like kaylin kyle <laughs> the villain of so, 2013 <laughs> yes man and i think oh man i and i mean absolutely don't, no disrespect but i think no my, none no one i think one of my notes at some point in this in this game was like oh here's kimmy cat doing some more fuck girl shit yeah i was like she twice like, like one what? time so the first thing she does is she the ball goes out of bounds and she just kicks it away like she's just like she kicks the ball away to make it harder for chicago to get the ball back and then later in the game she picks up the ball before it's gone over the line to like do a throw in she's just like oh she was on one in 2013 Man. and possibly for her entire career 20 <laughs> 2013 in a word was Kaylee kyle i guess maybe that's the best way yeah uh, to put it it was just like really the broadcast team was like some gamesmanship yeah and we were like sure i yeah. guess right uh but just yeah a lot of um Start, starting like we saw the beginnings we saw those tones we saw those themes like those things that we talk about now whenever we like you and i claire have like found ourselves having to preview or recap a game mm-hmm. against uh i'm gonna refer to still seattle as yeah. against against rain you know against seattle against red stars like we always use those sort of themes and and tropes or have you like you know these are two storied clubs. Like they've always had very physical matchups against each other, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And it was so wild to kind of watch this and be like, yeah, this is basically like how it all got started. And, and seeing the coaching matchup, you know what I mean? Between these, yeah. these two coaches. And it, it was right. just like watching their style of play and watching just Fishlock be just as dope back then as she is now for her team and, yeah uh, real funny note here because Jess Bishock was making her presence like felt <laughs> right. on the pitch yeah. and also known to this uh this lovely uh, local broadcast team who were really struggling <laughs> to find a way to connect they didn't to know Bishock what to say about her they didn't know <laughs> yeah. what to say about her and they wanted to say so much I know and that caused a problem yeah uh at one point, they, they referred to her as that girl again. There they goes said, that blonde girl. They said the menace from Seattle. <laughs> the menace from Seattle. Kind of a young Megan Rapino, just yep. aesthetically, not by any way, shape, or form in terms of their style of play. Right. Merely because both of them were blonde at the time. Right. You know, and at one point, I think maybe God bless them in their, like, 
maybe their call sheets or their info at one point they've mistakenly referenced her as being Australian yep and mm-hmm. I think the confusion with that might have just been that you know she was playing for Melbourne right at some point and I, so they were like right. oh a feisty Australian and we were like what yeah no it's it's definitely cool though to go back like in my opinion no disrespect to anybody else on the field the two best players in this game were Jess Fishlock and Lori Kolumny and it's just oh. like you are just like yeah obviously and it, and it is cool to just be like you know people tell you now about those early Seattle rain teams and that wasn't even year one but like years two three and four and then talk to you about Lori Kolupny and just be like yes they were legends they were like head and shoulders above the rest um and and we'll talk about Kolupny more in the in the next game too but just like I I think I don't think I think there is and this this I get it like but Jess Fishlock is still here and Lori Kolupny, you know, obviously retired a couple years ago. Um giants of the early NWSL. And and it's just it, it is kind of funny sometimes to be like like they were the they were the people that not only were amazing in year 1 but continued that would continue to be amazing in year 8, you know. And so yeah. Jess Fishlock was better than everybody else last year. Like it's, it's yeah. crazy. Oh my God. Me. And she came in the middle of the season. Yeah. She's so I, yeah. She's incredible. Um, yeah, I have, yeah. A, I, I, I have know, a note I have here. Agree. I have a note here that says Fishlock tackles and everyone goes, Whoa. Yeah. It's so very true. physical. I, we were, I guess I know in my rewatch, I was absolutely doing that. And I know we yeah. open, I have to agree with you though. Claire. I know we, we opened up a little bit and like, kind of cracking some jokes about like these teams and like this specifically Kane and Kyle. Right. But like, yes, like if you're talking about like the time in an era and like yeah. players and which to define that time in era, yeah. like 100% Lori Kolopny and Jess Fishlock. Those were, yeah, they were the guiding hands for a lot of the early NWSL. Absolutely. It was so, it was so good to, to just see these two warriors just sort of like leading their team, man. Yep. Like that's literally what they were doing. They were, setting the tone they were like creating the culture that we know exists today for their teams and it's so it was so dope to see this and re-watch it really even though it was hard to rewatch. Yep. uh literally like aesthetically but you could still see it happening and we're gonna get into these goals i know we're we're gonna be talking a lot about these games guys sort of as a whole and stuff like that um so bear with us but we're gonna talk about these goals and these these two goals are sort of going to be a little easier to talk about because they, they sort of happened within succession of, e- of each other. So they haven't very, or the draw was determined very early in the match, guys. Um, Seattle went ahead uh, and scored within the first 10 minutes of this match. And they then did. the Red Stars went ahead and they basically found themselves equalizing like 10 minutes later, right? Yeah. So um, <clears throat> the, the rain went ahead and had this uh, sequence. It, it looked like uh, kind of obviously they caught the the red stars basically just out of position you know and this ball gets just sent through like they it just gets lobbed in and all of a sudden it just was connected with sort of looked like a wide open Christine Naren yeah uh, but really she was just in a great position yep. and uh she got ahead on it and it was a, it was a really nice goal uh for the rain it was really 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 dope yeah um and uh it Maybe could have been like uh, one of those type of goals with with how the game was being played at that point. Um, 
just, and again, shout out to, to Benedictine, but Benedictine and, and the university complex out there also, right? I think also had a huge hand. Yeah. I mean, sort it, was, of, it was, it had a huge hand and role into how yeah. the Red Stars had to play. It was bouncy. It was very bouncy. It was like, I don't know if, if any of you guys, um, I don't know how many old games you watched, but if you ever watched the games played at Memorial, um, so that would have been up until 2018. Um, similar, you know, similar vibe. Similar vibe where the, the ball did weird things and it scooted across the grass like real quick and had some odd bounces. And so you'd get these weird like wonder goals because it'd be like kicking a soccer ball on a basketball court where it would do like a little bounce and then you would just woof, woof it off of this kind of half volley. Um, and so that's what you saw on – Actually, no, I actually think Chicago's goal was fucking kick-ass, but... Oh, Chicago's goal, like, was way was, better. It we're was gonna, so good, yeah. We're definitely going to get there. Yeah. It, was, it was fucking dope. Yeah. Uh, so, watching, <laughs> watching these two teams play on, on this pitch, right? And we're talking and we're building up and we're talking. We're rightfully paying homage to players like Fishlock and Chalupny, saying that they're, like, establishing and setting the tones for, like, their team cultures that we see today. But I right. also want to, like, say that yeah, I f- playing in a place like Benedict and playing on that pitch also really kind of shaped and yeah. forced the Red Stars into being sort of who they had been for a long time. Yeah, and we saw that right. really in this in this first match, also for the rain as well, because despite the narrow dimensions, you know, you saw the Red Stars doing their very sort of, you know, condensed playing direct like north and south, right? right. And then you had the rain who maybe you thought could had to be forced into like a similar bit of action, but no, they were doing a really good job of making their own combinations and playing more wide and, and going left to right and building up. Right. But um, the re- <laughs> there was in between all of this and after leading up to that first goal and even after that first goal, the physicality yeah. uh, that was taking place within this match was like, Holy crap. It's, and you're it's just watching it. Yeah. And you're like, wow, that that was allowed. Yeah. All these things were allowed. There, there is, yeah, you would see, and I know that things are physical now, but the way bodies went flying back then, there, and everyone was, was just literally. Like, oh, so we're still playing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and we're just <laughs> yeah. like, keep going. Like, this like, is what like, we signed up for. Oh, God, yeah. Just like bodies flying through the air literally fine there's literally a moment and there's somewhere my notes that i can't see but there's literally a moment i'm pretty sure i gift it uh so maybe i'll i'll throw the gif out there but there's literally a moment in which chicago is trying to build up their counter and i believe it's massa who gets on the end of the ball and starts you know making her run and jess flitschlock says fuck that yeah no it's a good it's a being a good tackle she gets the ball I think but that's the one where everyone. I think that's one where the broadcast team both went like, "Whoa!" Yeah, yeah, they let out <laughs> yeah. a whoa. Exactly, yeah, right? they let out yeah. a whoa, and yeah. she totally goes flying. Yeah. And everyone like they call they. It's not a card. It's just no. It's a just reset. a foul. Yeah, it's just a foul and a reset. And you right. would think like probably today that would be a card. Oh, can uh, I also? This is maybe a good time to mention that in this game, I can't speak for any other games. In this game, the clock did count down. <laughs> When we saw it, like, we yeah, didn't right. <laughs> yep. guys, the clock is not in this game. No, it makes it you makes have to guess. Yep, it's you, you, you think the time, st- the time stamp is correct, 
because like YouTube has a time right and you're like yes it's this minute no it's not that minute and uh every once in a while it's like a jack-in-the-box like it'll pop up uh-huh. and, then it's an, and then it gave you another surprise and it was actually counting down yeah like in college like college days yeah so uh yeah no it was one of those those moments for sure but uh the, re- the rest are in between <laughs> all of the like physical play and post post this game right uh they start building up to their own offense and yeah own let's attack. talk about this goal this goal and this goal that happened yeah it happened i love about 10 this minutes goal. after about 10 minutes after i love that this goal was the first goal it's in Red such Stars a good NWSL goal yeah history yeah. and uh uh, what I love the most about, I think, well, maybe not the most, but one of the factors that I really love about this goal is that this goal happens okay, off of okay. a very poor Michelle Bethel. Can I just uh, say that, like, you know how, like, it's like Coco, right? Like, you know how, like, your life is touched by your ancestors, you know? Like, every goal <laughs> that Chicago has scored because Michelle Betos gave a poor clearance is, like, just like a hand reaching out from the past. <laughs> Remember me. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. It's like You're every like, time. Yeah. And it's also, I mean, like we're, we're, we're saying this in this way, but like, you know, also every single game that Rory Dames has played against Michelle Betos, he tells his team. Uh, so what is it? What do they call it when the infield comes in, in baseball? It's um, whatever it is. It's like, they're like, everyone come in <laughs> when she's got the ball because we're going to get her. <laughs> yeah. And, and they've I, done and it they like knew. What, they five did it. times. Yeah. They knew it. They knew yeah. it. So, oh my God. So poor Michelle Betos. I know. She uh, she uh, does a bad job of distributing. Yeah, the ball Michelle Betos is short. a really quality shot stopper, and obviously scored probably one of the most iconic goals in NWSL history. But she's not the best with the ball at her feet. No, and and you know you know who made <laughs> made sure she got into the ball? Uh, the rookies. That's Sorry, right. Bywater, the number yep. one, the first ever draft pick in NWSL history for mm-hmm. the Red Stars gets on this ball, right? And ends up feeding it out to Lauren Folks, I believe. Mm-hmm. I, I, it was hard to tell. I think on the screen, it's hard guys. to tell. Yeah. Super hard. Like, yep. I'm sorry if it, it's either Lauren Folks or Leslie Osborne. I cannot tell. It's I difficult apologize. to tell. Yeah. Uh, a white woman with hair. I, yep. it was hard. Mm-hmm. So, Sakaya Bywater like, passes this ball out. I believe it's Lauren Folks who sends in this ball and Ella Massar like yep. gets a flick on the head. Yeah, in the she's box. key to the whole play. Yep. And all of a sudden Lori Clubney is just making this alternate oh run. It's such and a good goal. And it's in the complete right place and the yeah. right time. And all of this literally all of yeah. the stars aligned. Yeah. And this goal she, happened. Yeah. And they equalized, and it was such a righteous goal, man. You she like, yeets it into the back of the net. It's like it was a, oh, so good, man. It was such a good goal. Yeah, yeah. And it was oh man. So this this the half plays out, right? Yeah. There's some more. We're not gonna look, guys. It, it wasn't pretty. There was some more shithousery. Yeah. Happening. The rest of this game you know, is not very good. It was windy, yeah. and the stream, honestly, it cuts in and out, and it actually The audio dies with, like, 20 yeah. minutes left. <laughs> it dies, so don't, if you hated yeah. the commentary, guess what? You They're just gone? gotta get through 60 yeah, minutes exactly. of it. <laughs> it, it just goes, stops. It goes yeah. away. It uh-huh. goes away, and they can't help it. Um, yeah. Which sucks, because... Uh, it only sucks in the sense, like for me, I was like, oh, because I was excited for these moments. There's like subs that happen, 
in this game. Uh, Shannon Box makes her way onto the pitch, but shout out to Shannon Box. Uh, she she gets out there as a, as a halftime sub, and uh, Jessica McDonald gets out there as a halftime sub. And they, dude, they honestly, the Red Stars, they, they looking back at the game, like you're like, damn, how did they not win that game, bro? Like they had a really great second half performance. Um, I thought they had some great buildup of play, really good opportunities on net, especially with like the wind going towards that net. Like you just thought something was gonna happen, but it just it just didn't. And I think at one point in my notes, I even like, was like, oh, that, that Jessica McDonald like might really have a future. I don't know. Guys. Yeah. Can you believe it? I know. And this is, I mean, so part of this, part of this, uh, you know, rewatch that we're doing is um, we're going to take a look at some players that uh, maybe, you know, could have had more success on this team than they did. And but yeah, Jessica McDonald honestly came on at halftime and she was a big boost to the offense. Like it was actually really interesting in the hindsight of what we know now to just how effective she can be when yeah. given like a mission to accomplish. Yeah. Um, Word. She's always been that player. Like she still is the player that she was then. I just think that it took some time for people to figure out exactly how to utilize that um, in a very specific way where, so, I mean, it's, it's so weird to look at some of these games. Now. And again, we're going to be seeing some players that come and go. Some of them that are still, um, in this league. And that's just sort of become the nature of what NWSL is even right now to this day, you know, with some of the moves that we saw, um, in this off season taking place for, for some teams, but yeah, I, I thought those two players really, contributed to what possibly could have been a win for me personally I was like so excited to see um Maribel Dominguez get something yeah in the third minute um watching her warm up on the side she was like warming up forever she was like put me in this motherfucking game yeah um it was so it was just so dope man it was uh it felt cool it felt really cool and really dope um because I know for you and I Claire one of the things that we really loved about this 2019 team that we just got through covering was just sort of how it was so representative and so unique and so diverse and um, yeah in that sense representative of the city as a whole right. and it was so cool to watch this team in 2013 kind right. of have a similar vibe in that sense yeah uh, and uh they ended with a draw a draw that felt kind of dope and uh it was a very very cool game and uh, i wish there were better stats about it in the end <laughs> right yeah <laughs> yeah was it good? Couldn't tell you. Who was good? Couldn't I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Some something happened and yeah. that's that's what happened. But uh fun game we're gonna get into right now. We're actually gonna dissect a, a win, an actual win. Yeah, so we're about to jump into the first win in Chicago Red Stars NWSL history. And it came maybe not where you might suspect. And that's where we're gonna leave it for this episode. We talked for a really long time, you guys. So this is part one of our Days of Red Stars Past rewatch episode one beginnings. Uh, hope you enjoyed this first half. We will have the Chicago Red Stars first win against Portland and the debut of Julie Ertz and Vanessa Bernardo in a couple of days. Just trying to uh, pace out our, our content for you so that you don't get overloaded. So hope you enjoyed. Stay tuned for what's next.